Hey, teacher friend, welcome to the Simply Teach podcast, a podcast for teachers by teachers. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson, and each week I bring you a podcast full of practical and helpful ideas from teachers. We all know that teaching is really hard work, and I want this podcast to be a place for you to not only find ideas, but to also find encouragement and motivation. Happy Tuesday, teachers. You are listening to episode number 55 with Nicole and Danielle from Everything Education. And I have to make sure I'm always saying that right because it's everything education. I love it. It's a little education in the everything. But y'all, I'm so excited to share this conversation with y'all today. You are going to love it and you are going to love Nicole and Danielle. These ladies are so kind and they are so compassionate and they are doing some really amazing things in the education world to help teachers just like you and just like me grow and improve on their teaching practices. So today we're going to talk about uh, high school teaching tips, teacher side gigs, the total teacher summit that they hosted. Uh, I asked them for some organization tips for high school teachers because I know a lot of y'all are secondary and y'all come to me for organization tips and I share what I know, but a lot of what I know is elementary. So I asked them for some practical um, ideas and recommendations Plus, guys, they are doing a giveaway for one of my listeners, and I'm so excited for this. This is the first ever giveaway that we've done on the podcast, and I'm excited to host it with them or to help them facilitate it, I guess. But all the details will be in the podcast, and well, we'll talk about it in the podcast, and then all the details will be at the end when I outro them. So be sure to listen all the way to the end and get the details on how to enter the giveaway. Um, I'll tell you all the steps. So really excited to share this with you guys. I'm also want to tell you that I'm so grateful for you and for listening to the podcast. It really, really, really does mean so much to me. And if you are loving the podcast and you want to help support the podcast, there's three different ways that you can do this. You can first leave a rating and review that is so helpful to letting other teachers find the podcast and letting them know if it's something that they should invest their time in listening to, because I know there are so many great podcasts out there. So you leaving a review really helps tell other teachers if this podcast is worth listening to. You can also sign up for my newsletter that I send out each week. Newsletter sounds kind of boring, but basically each week I'm sending out uh, teaching support, classroom organization ideas, classroom management stuff. Um, resources that I think you will find helpful. You can choose what kind of stuff you want help with. So I'll send you stuff based on what exactly it is that you're wanting. So you can sign up for my email list at bit.ly slash tsopmail. Or the last thing, the way you can help support the podcast is by checking out the Simply Organized Teacher Shop and purchasing some things from there. I have a lot of really great resources for under $10. In fact, I have a few for even under $5. And the resources that I have created because you have asked for them, paper organization routine resource, a resource on how to organize your U-table, teacher self-care challenge, all sorts of things that I've gotten there that you can purchase. And all that money goes straight back to the Simply Organized Teacher and helps me bring on great podcast guests for you, put on trainings for you, all sorts of stuff. It helps me out. So I really appreciate it. Okay, you guys, here is my conversation with Nicole and Danielle. Get a pen and paper out if you're driving. Just head to the show notes. You're going to have so much good information in this podcast. All right, here we go. Hi, Nicole and Danielle. Welcome to the Simply Teach podcast. Thank you so much, Kelly. We're so excited to be here. 
I would like y'all to start out and well, first I'll say we connected through y'all's total teacher summit, which I am excited to talk about here in a little bit. Um, but will y'all first interview, introduce yourselves to the listeners and tell us who you are and where you teach and what you do? Perfect. Yeah. Danielle and I have known each other um, through our, our high school where we both began teaching. She's an English teacher and I'm a Spanish teacher. And uh, we had sort of an interesting, um, you know, road to friendship. We were fast friends and uh, we had the opportunity to do a couple of different, uh, we'll call them trips. Some were international, some were not <laughs> related to our school. And uh, we took full advantage of it. And helped to solidify like our friendship and it just kind of like blossomed into something where we knew we wanted to do something really great outside of the classroom together. And yes, I realized I didn't answer your question of what do we both do individually, but I just wanted to give background on that. Um, so okay, so, wait, once y'all met at the high school you teach at now, right? Yes. So since, okay. since we've kind of moved in different, um, you know, schools, however, that was our, our first, our first okay. there. Gotcha. Yeah. So what yeah. Nicole was alluding to with these trips, um, it was my first year teaching at that school. It was not my first year teaching ever, but new school, very different environment. And I was one of the teachers assigned to teach our international students that all come from the same school in China for a year of cultural and language immersion. And as a result, they sent a delegation of teachers over to China every year. And even though I had only worked at the school for less than a month, I was asked to go and Nicole was like, you should definitely go. I'm going, we should go together. And we became friends. <laughs> so you taught a Chinese immersion class. I taught the, well, not my entire teaching load, but I had two classes that were the normal English class that I teach that were designed specifically mm -hmm. for these students. So it wasn't an ESL class, but it was a, literature okay. writing class designed for non-native speakers. Okay. But they did speak some English? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. I, it was not a, it was because I have taught ESL in the past and it was not a situation where you're going over like, um, you know, casual conversation to make sure that they can have interactions. No, no, no. We're reading things like Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was, and so y'all went to China together. Yeah, so that was really the start of us really getting to know each other. And as Danielle mentioned, she's high school English teacher. I'm a high school Spanish teacher. So we had a lot of the language components, you know, in common and the way that we interacted with different texts and introducing, you know, new topics in the classroom and just continue to really um, love talking about teaching and yeah. love talking about helping teachers and coaching teachers and just totally fell in love with the idea of doing something that um, continued to expand on that. So you, do you know, I'm know that you found your your people when you are on a bus going to the Great Wall of China and you're going to be on the bus for three hours and you guys are still talking like, oh, you know, I learned about this really interesting technique that I'm really excited about using in the classroom. <laughs> like if you find another person that's like that, you become really good friends. <laughs> <laughs> so how long have y'all been friends for then? So four years now. Yeah. Four years? Yeah, four years. <laughs> okay. And we started running yeah. PD together for our school when we were working at the same school. And when Nicole ended up leaving that school for a different school, we wanted to figure out how we could still work together because we think that 
we bring some really great ideas from our classroom to others. And we wanted to make sure we were still leveraging that, even if we don't get to see each other on a daily basis. And how did y'all do that? (laughs) A podcast was born. Yes. (laughs) So tell us about the podcast. Yeah. So um, we have our 50th episode is coming out this week, which is really exciting. And Kelly, I have to say congratulations to you because I know you have 50,000 downloads on yours, which is so exciting. I know. I am excited. That's awesome. So we're, Thank we're you. making our way as well. And um, we are about a year old with the podcast. So we've put out 49 so far. Our 50th comes out this week. And we mentioned earlier before the call started that, you know, we do a lot of interviewing of others and don't always jump on other people's podcasts, you know, the mic facing the other way. And um, we've been lucky to interact with so many incredible people from honestly around the world. <laughs> And their, you know, areas of genius in their classroom, or maybe the way that they're building something outside of the classroom to benefit teachers. And so our podcast really focuses on all of the different aspects that make teaching a sustainable career. You know, burnout isn't inevitable. And that's something we say in our tagline and in our intro. And it's really, really true. We do our best to find things that we want to, first of all, learn about, we want to teach about, and then we want to find out how to make them actionable in our classroom. That's what I've noticed when I've listened to your podcast and when I've gone and like just even scanned through y'all's podcast feed, I guess, or like I look on y'all's website, y'all talk about a lot of different things. Y'all kind of like run the gamut on the people you interview and the things um, y'all talk about on there. And I really, I like that because you are, like you said, the burnout thing is real. So you have to find things to keep yourself motivated and to keep yourself engaged in what you're teaching. And so sometimes that is bringing in new thoughts or new people or whatever and learning those. Yeah, and we feel like a lot ideas. of our listeners are like us. We are so interested in doing techniques that are maybe a little bit innovative. Maybe a lot of people aren't really trying this, but maybe you don't have time to do all the research on that before you like go into the classroom to try it. For example, mm-hmm. um, flexible seating. In the classroom. I think that's something that a lot of people are interested in. And it would take you a really long time to kind of go into your school with confidence and a plan for making that happen. But we were able to have someone on the podcast who has done it, who has kind of like made this into a science and she's breaking it down into five actionable steps. So I can actually implement this in my classroom right away. Well, it's kind of like, I feel like maybe five, six, seven years ago when I started teaching blogs were the big thing and they still are, but it was like, you went to a blog to go find out about how to do flexible teaching, but that takes time to read. Whereas the podcast, you can pop in while you're doing dishes or, you know, whatever you're doing and get that education while you're also doing something else. That was one of our favorite, uh, pieces of feedback that we ever got. We had a review that said that she was so invested in what she was listening to in that particular episode of the podcast that she missed her exit because she was listening to <laughs> And well, I am sorry that she missed her exit. Um, I felt like that's that's really what we wanted. We know that we are the kind of people that we're just, we're, we're go-getters. We want to make sure that we're doing the best, but time is tough. Mm-hmm. And so we thought a podcast was the perfect format. Yeah. What's been the hardest part about, sorry, Danielle, what were you going to say? I mean, Nicole, what were you going to say? I was just going to comment earlier. You said, you know, it makes you sort of fall in love with what you're doing. And I feel like that's been a huge takeaway for me. Something I didn't really anticipate 
And it's something that I'm Mm -hmm. constantly, you know, not only with the podcast, the amazing people we've had on as interviewees, but it's the other Mm -hmm. aspect, which is the community and just getting to know people and always, you know, my feed used to be filled with, I don't know, celebrities or my friends. And now I get to see people who are putting like really great, innovative things to action. And I can't get enough. Like I love to see what's happening in other people's classrooms around the world. And it's just continued to inspire me and just honestly refuel my, my fire. Like I love learning and I just want to continue to do more because it's just like a very um, supportive community where people are always trying to encourage each other. And I like to think that we're doing that for others as well. Y'all definitely are. I, uh, I miss that a lot. Like not being in the classroom right now, since we're abroad is like, I sit on these podcast episodes or interviews and I talk to people and I get all these great ideas, but I'm like, I have no way to implement them right now. And it's, it's hard. Cause I feel like, you know, if I go back to the classroom, when we move back, there's going to be so much I'm going to do different. And it's simply from the people I've gotten to talk to by interviewing them. Well, I don't know for about you, Kelly, but in listening happened. to your episode with Ashley Bible, I'm like, I want to take a sabbatical. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So that's that was that doesn't necessarily like, apply uh, to your current state, you know, being in the classroom or not being in the classroom, but it's like future goals. <laughs> well, it's something that I, I, I mean, I don't know if y'all knew, but I never even knew that was a possibility. Like I didn't know that was something so I could much even more look into. With, like higher ed, but it's, it's definitely a possibility yeah. in, in other grade levels, which it was great. I loved that episode. <laughs> I was going to ask you what's been, so Nicole, you kind of alluded to it, like uh, the community that you've gotten from, um, you know, talking with other teachers, but what's been the hardest part about podcasting? And then what's been the best part about hmm. podcasting? <laughs> I um, think for me, the hardest part has been the podcast format. I'm an English teacher. I'm a writer by nature. I don't naturally want to be on a podcast. I like to select my words mm-hmm. really carefully. If you give me the option, I would rather sit down and write a blog post. And Nicole and I talked really, really early on about that, kind of what you had mentioned too, that at the beginning, teacher blogs were kind of all of the rage, but now it's just, it's oversaturated. And it's really hard mm-hmm. if you're kind of a newbie to get that kind of traction, which is why I wanted us to stay away from that to begin with. But it's not necessarily my forte being on a podcast. So I think that was difficult. But I do think that podcasting allowed us to get in touch with people that wouldn't have been interested in coming on to be a guest blogger, for example. And I feel like I know the people who Mm -hmm. have been on the show. Like, I know their kids' names. I know what they're doing. I don't think I would have gotten that if they just submitted a a blog post for us. Yeah, you do kind of form these friendships. I interviewed um, Kaylee and Josian from Educom. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Uh, And yeah, we email back and forth now, like every couple weeks and like we're in an email thread right now. Just, yeah, you form friendships and it's fun. Absolutely. Yeah. That's been a huge, a huge bonus for us. We love that. And teaching is such an isolating profession. And the fact that this is like this new platform, Mm -hmm. you know, the hardest thing for me with podcasting has been just getting comfortable in owning, you know, my, my own experience and my own story. Um, You know, Danielle and I often talk about our our introvertness and how we don't always love to be camera facing and how it it really is um, out of our comfort zone in a lot of ways. So getting behind the mic and sharing about experiences, whether it's in my own classroom or 
in interacting with other teachers or maybe some struggles and some ways that I've overcome them. It's, it's for me just like really pushed me in ways. That's okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's, it's pushed me in ways that I didn't, I didn't really, uh, you know, I wouldn't have done on my own. So I, I'm proud of that. And it, I'm, I thank Danielle all the time for that because it's something we're both, we're both working through. And I think we've improved and we're continuing to just really, you know, fall in love with it. Yeah. And Nicole has kept me on track. Like having a partner in this has been essential um, because Mm -hmm. I I know I had mentioned that getting to know the people that we've had uh, on the podcast has been great. If you have uh, listened to our podcast a little bit, I had a son in March. (laughs) I was going to say, don't you have a baby? (laughs) That we've had a podcast. I was either pregnant or had a very small child in the background. And because I had someone else like going through this process with me, that's the only way we were able to stay on track. Yeah, I can't imagine like being pregnant, like pregnancy brain and the new mom brain. I don't know anything and about again, it, but I've heard a lot about it. I wish <laughs> I had the ability to write blog posts and choose those words more carefully. But if you, if you don't start, you don't know. And I think that's where we, we had to kind of overcome our perfectionism mm-hmm. a little bit and just be like, we're doing this, we're trying it. And I've been so proud of how far we've come with everything. But if I... I don't think I would have made it quite this far with, without Nicole being a great just partner in this endeavor. Aww. And if you're wondering if Danielle has slowed down at all during any of these, <laughs> any of these life transitions, the answer is no. We recorded two podcast episodes <laughs> 24 hours before I went into labor. Did you, like, so you went into labor naturally. Yes. It wasn't like a, <laughs> well, good thing you got him cranked out before batched, oh my the baby gosh, came, I, right? I want to say we batched eight weeks of content before he arrived. Yeah. 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 You have to. Okay. I would love to hear all about the total teacher summit because this is also something that is new that this is the first time y'all done it, right? Yes. So, um, this is a new way y'all had to step out and Mm kind of try new things. I'm sure that that was also just stressful. I was thinking about y'all like on the day it was happening, like all the tech (laughs) behind the scenes kind of stuff. But, um, Thank y'all so much for allowing me to present in it. I felt really honored that y'all extended the invitation to me and and I was really excited to present there. And I think that what y'all did and what y'all created was an amazing resource for teachers to go and get online professional development for what they want and what's important to them. So I would love it if you would tell the listeners what it is and yeah, Thank just all so the much, details. About we're it. so honored to have you on. I mean, you're saying you're honored. We were so honored to have you as our our kickoff, our first speaker, and it meant so much yeah. to us that you were able to share all. I mean, you cover so much on your podcast, your blog, your Instagram. There's so much there, and I felt people. By the way, Kelly, do you know that you were one of the top presenters from day one? I did not know. They they give us the top three of each day, and you're uh-huh. the top three. I believe Yay! you have been. I I don't I don't want to say it wrong, but you were definitely the top three. I think you may have been the second most listened to presenter of that. Perfect. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I got a lot of new email subscribers, so thank you awesome. for that. Win, win, right? <laughs> um, yep, exactly. Right, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, Go ahead. I, I just again saying thank you to Kelly. Um, and you know, I think the big part of of this whole process of putting together a summit was trying to educate ourselves about what we needed, what we were responsible for, 
and how we could best serve mm-hmm. our audience and trying to educate and um, just make people really aware of what a summit was, a virtual summit was. I think that was probably the biggest. It's kind of a new yeah. thing in the yeah. education and world. For us, you know, um, it's something that I think was probably the biggest challenge and just trying to like con- have people like conceptualize what they would be doing and what they would get mm-hmm. out of it. And having never done one before, we were trying to answer questions and learn as much as we could. You know, it was, it was a lot of newness for yeah. people. And, you know, we, we definitely learned so much in the process and I, I loved it. I'm sad it's over. <laughs> Yeah. The the day after it was kind of like, what, what do we do now? We, we used to just refresh this page to see how many people were, were attending, we're following up, we're talking about it. And I mean, we were right back on track with recording our next podcast episode and things like that, but it was a, a real whirlwind of events. And we decided that we were going to host a virtual summit. It was something we had talked about. Um, I want to say earlier on in the year, I think we talked about it for the first time in like January or February, like before my son was born. And it was kind of like, yeah, it cool would be idea. cool <laughs> to have a virtual summit is kind of how we left it. And then after my son was born and we had a podcast episode and it was on our list, it was on our list of things to do host a virtual summit because we truly believe in professional development. And we think that professional development is done wrong yeah. a lot. Having worked at the same school, um, PD for us often looked like sitting in an auditorium when it was not a convenient time to be getting professional development because you had your second working period grades due the next day at 8 a.m., for example. Looking around mm-hmm. at all of the other people who are not watching the presenter, they're not even like pretending that they're invested in Mm -hmm. the talk. Then you have the person who's up there that may or may not be talking about something related to you or your discipline, but they needed to like check off the box that said, yep, we had PD this month. And then teachers. Mm -hmm. Sometimes not even teachers. And every now and then when you did get one that was like, oh, I, I could take this and I could really like run with it. The amount of people who actually like did something with what they learned was just, upsetting to us and we just felt like there had to be a different way and we had thought early on that maybe Nicole and I would go into schools and try to run some PD days but that doesn't always Mm -hmm. solve the problems I know she and I would give a great talk and it would definitely be aligned with the audience things like that but I can't do anything about the time that your school schedules PD right and I can't do anything if maybe we aren't a good match for your school so by having a virtual summit, we're kind of like self-selecting an audience that says, yes, I want to be here. I am interested in learning. And if this weekend doesn't work for me, I can hit play whenever, which I just think is so appealing. We also had a bunch of people who were sending us messages during the summit that said, like, I'm listening to this while doing my laundry yeah. or while rocking my baby. What was the title of that talk again? I need to go back and rewatch that. <laughs> I don't have hands right now. Like, and I think that that is amazing. So will you explain what a summit Mm -hmm. is? Because you mentioned like a lot of people know what it is. So what is a summit, a virtual summit? 
Yeah. So it's more or less like an online conference, if you can consider it. Um, some people will say it's an online um, meeting of the minds, however you want to say it. But it's essentially where um, creators put together um, a series of talks. They can be pre-recorded or live. And mm-hmm. they range in topics, which is sort of the beauty of it all. And as an attendee of a virtual summit, you have access to all of the content that's uh, considered, you know, that goes live at that time, whether it is in fact live or pre-recorded. And you kind of pick and choose what is interesting to you, what you'd like to watch. And typically there's a 24-hour replay for any of the presentations that are are put out. So you have access to the content that's there. And typically the speaker that is putting out something will usually have another sort of like attachment to that. So they'll provide an extension of their talk in the form of a download or maybe an extra exercise that you can do. And it truly is, I mean, I think you said it very well, Kelly, before it's like this, whatever is relevant to you, right? Whatever works for you as the teacher. And that really was our whole goal. It's it's something that, you know, so often you're sitting there in the auditorium getting this teacher professional development and it just does not it's not the right time. It's not the right place. It's just, and it's usually not by the person that needs to be telling you this thing. And so for people to be able to truly do this on demand was a really big goal of ours. And we wanted to make the virtual summit as much like a real life conference put online as possible. And I think we really went out of our way to attempt to make it have that feel, not just like I'm sitting there watching, you know, a string of eight webinars, like bam, bam, bam. We really wanted to make it feel like you had the same experience if you had gone to the Marriott in New York or wherever they're hosting your PD for the day. Um, That's why we put together um, badges that people could fill out and share with like, hello, my name is name tags. That's why all attendees, whether they chose the all access pass upgrade or they just registered for free, got little goodie bags that we put together. We just really wanted to create both a community feel and truly make people understand that a virtual summit isn't just watching some PD. It's really an online conference experience. Yeah, y'all had the Facebook group going on during the conference, which was great. And then I was not anticipating, um, I like didn't sign up for, I guess I thought like, oh, presenter, I'll be able to see it. It's not a problem. And then like it went live and I was trying to watch them. It was like, you don't have access. So I was like, shoot, I need to sign up. So I went, we had that problem as hosts. (laughs) You didn't get to attend your virtual summit. Yeah. (laughs) Unless you signed up. So remember how we said we learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah. also using a piece of software that is extremely, extremely new. I mean, you Uh mentioned that virtual summits are very new. The platform that we were using for running this summit is also super new. Like if you Google like help with blah, 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 it doesn't exist yet. There's nothing. (laughs) One of the first virtual summits that was actually hosted live. Um, So that's brave on y'all's end. It was really nerve wracking for that reason. And because they're so new, they kept rolling out updates. And we were like, yeah, I would get an email every week and it's like, hey, here's a new thing that's going on. And I'm like, <laughs> glad I'm not them because that would be freaking that, me out. We, we were very nervous. And for that reason, there were, I think, a little bit more like tech issues that came up than we would have liked, but there was no way to prepare for them. And as people who like yeah. pride ourselves on making sure that we are at 
our best at all times. It was stressful, but I, I am so glad that we like took the leap and did this. I think. It was great. Y'all did an amazing job. And I was going to say, since I did sign up like as a attendee, um, I, I got the goodie bag that y'all sent out a few days later. And I was like that, I don't know. It was just those little extra touches that go above and beyond what, you know, is expected or whatever. So I think y'all did an amazing job. Um, thank you so much. What were some of the topics that, well, first of all, let's preface all this with the fact that people are listening and you said it's only a 24 hour window of watching, but I, they can still watch. Yes. Yes. So we still have the availability to upgrade to that all access pass that Danielle had mentioned, which gives you all lifetime access to all of the 21 present presentations that are, you know, throughout that whole weekend, in addition to all of the exclusive content provided by each of our amazing presenters like you, Kelly. And so with that, you know, that's available right on our website. Mm -hmm. If you were to, you know, go through and select that it is still available and absolutely worthwhile. I mean, we've gotten such positive feedback from people who are, you know, they, they enjoyed what they saw during that live Mm -hmm. sequence. And then they were like, okay, now I want to use this and I'm ready to go. So this is the great way to do that. More people buy paid tickets while the summit was live than we did when it, when we were in like pre-sale. And to me, that was a signal that people really saw the value in what they were getting. They were watching and they were like, I need to see all of these talks and I need to see them now. I need to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to miss out on it. Right. So what were some of the topics that y'all had on there? Because y'all invited on, like you said, you invited me on and 20, I guess, 20 other teachers um, that were presenting. It wasn't y'all presenting the whole thing. It was y'all just hosting it. So will you tell um, Mm -hmm. what some of the, the topics were? So if somebody's listening and hears something. Yeah, absolutely. They can go and sign up. So yeah. So Danielle had this awesome idea to make this the total teacher summit. And with that, it's covering all aspects of the teacher, right? It's the mindfulness aspect. It's the self-care. It's the teacherpreneur. It's the classroom strategies, the assessment. So we wanted to make this as varied as possible to give people to give our attendees a chance to really get a peek into everything you know often you'll go to a conference and it has major you know one major topic or it has one major outcome that you're you're looking to gain and of course that has their it has its benefits as well we really wanted to make this as applicable to all the different parts of being a teacher that we could so we had speakers um you know we were lucky to have people who covered Mm -hmm. so many different parts of a teacher's life. And it, I felt like it was such a well-rounded group. And I'm, you know, we're so lucky that we had these, these amazing speakers, you know, I, I um, think there were, I think ahead, all of the talks, even though um, we had some presenters who were elementary ed, we had high school teachers, we had a variety of disciplines. I think that you could really kind of categorize everybody into like one of like three buckets. Um, we have a bunch of people who are presenting on something that had to do with mindset for teachers and teacher wellness. Um, we had a whole um, slew of people who were touching on the like teacherpreneurship, as Nicole said, because I know a lot of our listeners are also living the like teacher side hustle life like we are. And then the last group, which was the majority of people, talked about something related to classroom techniques. 
whether that's on the teacher end, whether that's student engagement, whether that is um, uh, communicating with students, cultivating relationships. But I feel like those were the three large areas that people kind of like fell into one of those situations. So you mentioned the um, teacherpreneur side hustle thing. And one of my questions that I wanted Mm -hmm. to ask you, so I'll ask you now is how have y'all balanced that? I don't, to be honest, I don't know if any of my listeners are balancing this like teaching during the day and then trying to start something, whether it's teaching related or not, or just trying to start their own um, online business of some sort. How have y'all found... I'm using air quotes for the listeners, balance in managing real life teaching and then this side business that you have going on. I feel like the the main point, and Danielle alluded to it before, but it's having a buddy. <laughs> I think that, that really made this work yeah. for us. And I've listened to a lot of other female entrepreneurs in their podcast that they do talk about accountability, whether it's a coach or a partner or someone that you share a workspace with, or maybe you just keep them accountable via a phone call every week, but it's someone that you, you really are doing your best to both reach goals. And it just so happens that Danielle and I are looking to reach the same goals, but it's that idea that, you know, we're both very new at this and I'm more new than Danielle. She's, she's more experienced in, uh, in this ed- teacherpreneur, you know, this, um, entrepreneurship on her own, but, um, but with that, you know, there's so much learning involved and it's so easy to get sidetracked by all of the things that you just don't know about, you're learning about, you're, you're spending the time and, you know, having someone that's really by your side through it and keeping each other going and motivated and encouraged. I mean, that's really been it for me. It's all to Danielle. <laughs> it is, I think, knowing that like, because I do have a partner in this, I there is no excuse. There have been nights where we haven't recorded until after my son decided to finally go to sleep and I'm really tired and we are recording a podcast episode at quarter to 10 because that's what, that's what needs to happen. We, I have to stay up late and just make that work. And then I know that Nicole needs enough time to get all the edits in. I know that I need enough time to get the weekly blast email out. And so having somebody that I know I don't want to let down, um, I can't give into an excuse, even if I feel like it's, it's valid. It, it doesn't matter. It, we Thursday comes and we have a podcast episode out. That's just how it is. <laughs> Do you have a podcast released every week? Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, people are definitely going to have to go check it out because I have listened to, oh, I don't think I told y'all, I, I went and listened to y'all's episode, um, that y'all featured me in, like I wasn't on it, but y'all talked about me and I was sitting, I had just been with my parents in Germany and I was sitting on a train back to my hometown or not, not my hometown, the town I'm living in. Um, and I'm sitting on this train with like all these Germans around me and, y'all mention Kelly's like Claire Dunphy. And I just literally laughed out loud. And <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh, these people are staring at me. I, I thought that was the funniest thing. Well, yeah. It's so a compliment, so please don't see it any other way. <laughs> well, I was wondering what about Claire Dunphy? <laughs> so we both had the same exact thought 
Do you, are you a modern family watcher? We, that's our binge show right now. Like when we get off, we're going to go watch that. So okay. that also was like why it made me laugh so hard is because that's like our show that we're, you know how you get on a show that you just yeah. like, that's all you watch. Mm-hmm. That's our show right now. And so that also like contributed to the, the funniness of it. Um, there is one, because you are currently watching it and we don't want to spoil it for anyone. There is actually one exact episode of Modern Family, and okay. Claire is looking at her Pinterest board, I believe. Is that right, right. Nicole? Because we, we talked about it. It's a we got episode, because it's like the whole thing is filmed on Apple products. They do like the phone, the iPad, the whole thing. So if you know what I'm talking about with mm-hmm. that, then you'll know what episode this is. Yes. Um, I don't know what... Do you know what season it's in? It's like a it's little later. later. Yeah. Okay, we're only in okay. season five right you'll, now. You'll so. But what Danielle's saying is she, okay. she shows her Pinterest board, and it's tagged on her toolbar mm-hmm. on her, you know, desktop. And it says, I think it says porn, right? Yeah, <laughs> and she clicks yeah. on it and Pinterest is like all these organizations. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. it's raw. It's beautiful. An organization everywhere. <laughs> well, I had some girls over at my house the other night and I was, I mentioned that. I was like, yeah, these girls, I'm interviewing them this week. And they compared me to Claire Dumphy and they were like, in what way? And I was like, I don't know, probably because she's so uptight and so like, and then no, no, no. What was so sweet is this girl. She is um, my friend from Taiwan and she's living here. She married a German. And she was like, but don't you think it's because Claire is like so kind and she's always taking care of everybody and making sure like every, and I was like, look at you being the half glass full. I'm the half glass empty. Like, I mean, it's not a bad thing. I am very like, you know, structured and get things done. But that's like my frame of mind, how I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. and, and her frame of mind was like so different. The biggest compliment to you. Yes. When you see this episode, that's why we know you haven't seen it yet. Because when you watch this episode and you see her go to her Pinterest board, you're going to be like, it all makes sense. <laughs> I'm going to message y'all as soon yeah. as I watch I mean, it. It's the same kind of thing. It's just like, very zen. You're just looking at all these beautifully placed. Like I'm just looking at your Instagram feed now, and it's like exactly what Danielle and I are referring to. Everything has its its place. It's perfectly organized and intentional, and we just love it. Yes. Compliment yes. to you. I promise. Y'all are so yes. sweet. I need to have y'all on a podcast more often. Y'all are just like. <laughs> I want to tell you about one of my most favorite products that I use every single day, my Cultivate What Matters Power Sheets Planner. You've probably heard me mention it before because I've talked about it on the podcast and I've written a whole blog about it. Essentially, Power Sheets are a goal planning journal, but they do way more than help you make the goals. They cause you to assess and evaluate your priorities. Laura Casey from Cultivate What Matters has put together this amazing planner. At the beginning of it, you have about 20 pages of self-reflection. Things like your big dreams for when you're 80, your ideas for the upcoming year. You identify boxes that you live in and ways that you can break out of them. You take time to really think through who you are and what you want to be about. And at the beginning of each quarter, you have the opportunity to rate different areas of your life, like your health, your friends, your spouse, finances, yada, 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 all the different things. And then you make goals based on everything that you uprooted about yourself. And then each month you create actionable steps to meet your goals and build your dreams. 
This is how I'm growing the Simply Organized Teacher. This is how I'm working on improving my marriage. This is how I'm growing my relationship with God. I've written down my huge God dreams and then broken them into bite-sized pieces that I can tackle each quarter, each month, each week, each day. If this sounds like something you want in on, then head to my website. I've got a blog all about it with pictures. I also will have the power sheets linked up on the resources page so you can find all the things I'm loving right in one spot. So head to the simplyorganizedteacher.com slash resources to get your copy of the power sheets. So teachers can still get access. We got totally off track but they can still get access to the Total Teacher Summit, yeah? Yes, they can, yes, mm-hmm. through, through the upgrade, yep. Okay, Yep. and I will extend the offer that I extended to whenever I shared about the um, summit with my email list. Anybody who signs up and purchases the summit through my affiliate link, you are you get lifetime access to the videos. You get the, what is it, like the online, all the PDFs the, and stuff? The class bundle, yep. yeah. Okay. So there's a bundle of like, I put my organizer U table resource in there and all like all the other teachers, beautiful item from you, (laughs) all the other teachers put in, um, you know, different resources that they've created. So you get all that. And then I am throwing in my new classroom organization guidebook to anybody who purchases through my affiliate link. So if you're listening, if you go purchase the, uh, total teacher summit, all access pass, if you'll just shoot me an email, um, with your receipt, I'll shoot you an email back with the free resource. Awesome. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. And do so the way that the pricing structure worked for the total teacher summit, um, because we do plan on having future summits and we're going to use the same kind of like pricing method. If you know that this is the kind of thing I, I gotta get it. I have to have my hands on everything that's gonna be in this bundle and all of these talks it's cheapest to buy during the Mm pre-sale. And then once the event goes live, the price goes up. And then after the event, the price goes up for its like actual price. So if if anybody's listening and is going to register in the future, that's going to continue to be the pricing model. Um, The all access pass um, price after the online summit has ended is $79.99. And we are excited to offer one of your listeners Yes. Yes. So we are running a giveaway. Yay. (laughs) Did you write that in the notes and I not even see it? Um, we added it. I added it late. Um, so. Oh, okay. That's why. Sorry. But we're. I was like, that's a surprise to me. (laughs) We're going to give one lucky winner from your audience. Okay. So how are we going to do this? I got it. No worries. You got it. Okay. (laughs) Yep. Okay. So this is the same system we used for, um, the, uh, VIP bundle winner. So if your listeners were part of the attendees and they remember seeing us with the uh, teacher tote that we had and talking about the teacher care crate, all of these things we got to bundle into like one epic giveaway that one attendee was able to get. And we want to offer now that that is gone and we have a winner for that. We want to offer one of your listeners the chance to get this all access pass for free. Okay. So how do they do that? Do they purchase it and they get it back or? Nope. They're going to go to, um, we'll put the link in the show notes if that's okay with you. Okay. Yep. Of course. Um, and then once they're there, we'll type in their email address. It'll tell them when the, um, 
the uh, giveaway is going to close. And they also on that page have the ability to have extra entries by listening to our podcast or following us on Instagram. So if you are one of those people that's thinking to themselves, this all access pass and the replays sound awesome. I want in, make sure that you, you go ahead and snag your entries. That way maybe you get one for free. Yay. That is awesome. Thank you so much. I, that, yay. I didn't even know about that. So that's fun for me. Um, okay. I want to switch gears real quick. And I know we've been talking about total teacher summit. Um, so y'all mentioned to me a couple things that y'all feel like y'all do well in the classroom. And so I wanted to talk just a little bit about that because, uh, a lot of things, a lot of times I talk elementary space because that's my expertise, but y'all are secondary high school. So I'm excited to kind of get y'all's feedback on some of this. So Nicole, you mentioned that you are feel really successful at fostering relationships with kiddos. Is that right? Yeah. So Danielle and I both work in high school settings. And although we feel like we have different areas of like, you know, where we do really well, mine is um, in fostering those relationships. You know, I talk a lot about, um, you know, being in a high school Spanish classroom and trying to find relevancy in everything that I teach. You know, I, I consider it like, I don't teach Spanish. I teach in Spanish. You know, I'd really try and teach Mm -hmm. skills that make great humans and, and just to move through life really well. And, um, you know, with that forming those really strong relationships, I've learned a lot in featuring some pretty awesome educators on our own podcast. Um, one person in particular comes to mind, Kayla dessert, who we featured as well during the total teacher summit. Kayla, Desert. that's a fun last name. Yeah. yeah. Is it dessert? Is So definitely check her out, but you know, she speaks on this as well. And with her population, it looks a little bit different, but we have a lot of similar characteristics in the way that we just do our best to have these strong relationships. And I, I try my very best to make sure that this really does start at home. And for the past year or so, I've been doing something a bit different in the way that I communicate with um, my parents and, and guardians and just sending home, um, you know, some of the nice things that kids are doing in class and trying to really um, encourage really positive behavior and not only have the only contact I have with parents be for something negative. So with that goes a lot of, um, you know, parents are more encouraged to be involved at school, to get involved with some of the projects that I may send kids home with. And it just continues to perpetuate like a healthier relationship with, you know, my high schoolers. And it's just something that I, I'm trying some new tactics and so far it's been working really well. And I do feel like it sort of flows into all the other parts of what makes my classroom a really positive space as well. And a place for where true learning can happen. I feel like when kids feel supported, when they feel heard, when they feel like, you know, their parents are also, in it with them or, or, you know, at least understanding what's going on. It just adds to a level that, you know, I personally didn't see the value in it even a couple of years ago. I'm only in my sixth year teaching and um, I'm just really putting a lot more emphasis on it as I start to go through the years of teaching. And I just, I find that it just makes my classroom environment that much better. Does it add a lot more time onto your, like, how do you, how do you manage that? Yeah, you know, I've got a system just like, you know, you gotta have, you gotta have a system for doing this. Um, well, what's your system? <laughs> um, so I have an email template that I have for, you know, positive behavior, behavior related to this, or, you know, maybe it's a 
academic, you know, success related to this. So I have certain templates that I'll use in the emails that I send out to parents. Um, and you know, that's one way that I at least save time with that. Cause I get a lot of people are like, well, doesn't that just take a lot of time for you to do that? Like, I don't have time for that. But I do feel like once you have a system in place, it does make it a lot easier. And it's just part of my routine. Hey, Nicole, I know we didn't talk about this before, but do you think maybe we can make those templates available to Kelly's listeners? <laughs> sure. Do you have templates for we them could. ready to go? <laughs> well, I think that's so genius because like, I've never even thought about that. That's something I use in my own business. Like when somebody emails me or when I'm setting up podcast interviews, like I have a template. It doesn't mean that I don't personalize it or change it a little bit. But I think sometimes for me, like contacting parents, first of all, I hate calling parents. I'm always mm-hmm. going to choose email mm-hmm. over um, c- calling, but that also just like takes away that brain energy that like at the end of the day, you know, your brain is so fried and then now you have to think about, okay, how am I going to word this? What am I going to say? But you have that ready to go. And all you have to do is fill in the things that are, you know, relevant to that specific child. That's so smart. I try. (laughs) I'm happy to share. (laughs) So Danielle, you were talking, did you have anything else, Nicole on that? Or was that it? Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I just like jumped. Um, you talked about getting kids excited and invested in what it is they're learning. And I imagine no offense, but like second, like high school English seems like it could be something that could be difficult to get some buy-in. One of the things I ended up, uh, presenting, uh, one of the talks at the total teacher summit and When I put together that presentation, it's something that I've presented on for PD at my school in the past because the kids that are assigned in my section don't tend to be the honors kids. They're the kids who don't necessarily like to be students. Mm -hmm. Being a student doesn't come naturally to them. And they have probably struggled to be a good reader or good writer for many years before entering the classroom. And so one of the things that Mm -hmm. I like to make sure that I work on is the background skills that teachers too often assume that everybody has when they walk into their classroom, because if the students can master those things, they start building more confidence. And if I make sure I'm selecting really interesting texts in order for them to practice with, not only are they gaining a little bit more confidence, they're like, oh, you know, if I'm reading stuff like that, it's really not so bad. I trust her to make good choices with what I'm going to read. I'm not going to read mm-hmm. something boring if it's for my, because I teach at the high school level, the short stories that I start with for my high school students are all like dark and twisty stories. Like they really are mm-hmm. to the point where sometimes the students will be like, wow, I can't believe you picked that. And it's, it's something that is by a classic author. It's by Edgar Allan Poe. Maybe I have a Stephen King short story, something something that is of interest because they're like, oh, that character murdered that character. I'm like, yeah, that <laughs> did happen at the end. And you weren't thinking about it. And then they all of a sudden want to talk to me about it before or after class. Um, and I know that I've done it correctly, that I've built their confidence and their interest in the course when at the end of the year, these kids who, like I said, were struggling students are like, can I go to honors? That's encouraging. Yeah. And that's yes. encouraging <laughs> to them too. Like, you know, yeah. thinking like they, 
that they have that confidence. And that's what it boils down to because the kids that you're describing, it's not that they are incapable of learning. It's just the confidence isn't there. Yeah. And sometimes it's because no one ever took the time to teach them how to take notes. Somebody just said, take Mm -hmm. notes. And so that's part of what I did in my talk. And um, I actually lesson plan with this in mind. I lesson plan with what are those like hidden skills, those like background Mm -hmm. things students really need to have in order to achieve. And I um, lesson plan with what are the the obstacles and objections? What are my students going to be like, ah, really? If we're teaching Shakespearean sonnets, how can I address that before I even walk in the classroom? Yeah, I don't think that's something I've had to ever had to deal with in the second grade classroom, the objections type things. But that is really true. Like as a high school teacher, that is something I'm going to go tell my sister that she's a high school teacher. I'm going to tell her plan for the objections. <laughs> yeah, I had when I gave that talk um, or a similar talk at our school PD. I had a few teachers who said to me, because they have a number of the same kids, they're like, I never thought about that in that way before. Mm-hmm. That will make my life so much easier if I know that this is the stumbling block before it becomes the stumbling block. Right, right. No, I think that's great. I love that. Well, then let's talk just a little bit um like I said, I'm coming from the elementary perspective, organization, uh that is where my brain is coming from. So since I am the simply organized teacher and, you know, that's kind of what I like to talk about, I wanted to see if y'all had any organization techniques that have worked in your classroom in the secondary level to share with our listeners. So I guess I kind of should hone that in a little bit more. (laughs) Um, One thing I wanted to specifically ask for, because when I, so I launched my kickstart your school year course earlier this year, and I had teachers email me, Hey, is this for high school? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, you can use it in high school, but just know like the pictures are all elementary classrooms and how to organize crowns and markers and stuff like that. But one thing that I get all the time, Mm -hmm. no matter what grade level it is, is it's papers and organizing all of the papers. And you've got what, five or six different classes you're teaching. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a little crazy. (laughs) Um, I'm in a few different classrooms actually. So for me, organization is huge. Um, I'm traveling, so I don't have home base, which is really important, but in order for me to move successfully throughout my day, I have to be super prepared and have everything color coordinated, organized, labeled, you know, in, in the right spot at the right time. And, you know, it's, it's really important to have those systems in place. So I, I do have a lot of papers for sure, but I do a lot electronically, which, you know, Danielle and I've chatted about before on the podcast is just like keeping things organized. And, you know, one of our spring cleaning episodes just talking about exactly that, and just having systems in place so that you can easily find things when you need them. Um, you know, I, I spoke earlier about having templates for the ways that I communicate with parents. You know, that's a way to save time, something that's electronic that I do, you know, no matter what. Um, I have similar things like when it comes time for projects. Um, I find that I often will get like a lot of the same kinds of emails from kids, questions about this or, you know, maybe objections about something. And I do have another, you know, way of communicating with them that does save a lot of time. Um, but as far as like moving physical things, you know, between classrooms, um, 
and trying to make that, you know, as, as successful as possible. Just, I spend a lot of time, um, preparing for the week and I spend a lot of time usually on Sundays getting things together. You know, um, one thing pops out in my head is when I arrive at a new classroom, I usually have to come and scribble the objective on the board (laughs) so that I can start my class period and have that, you know, set to go. But a way to save time in doing that it does that's more paper, but I'll print, I'll type and print the objective, slap it on the board and get my class moving. <laughs> and, you know, that's one way that I'll just try and save time that way. Um, I'm not sure if I totally well, answered your question. No, I mean, I asked about like keeping all the papers organized. First of all, why do you have to move classrooms? <laughs> the crowded school. Oh, so I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's unfortunately not the first year and it won't be the last. <laughs> so when it comes to like when kids turn in paperwork to you, how do you do that? And how do you like get it back to your home base or what does that look like? Yeah. Um, I I have a pre, during and post okay. set of folders for assignments. So pre would be like to give out post is like when they're, you know, coming in and out. Maybe I have like other things to add and then I have post meaning like they've been collected. I need to grade them. So I'll usually have three things per like assignment, which okay. sounds kind of crazy, but I'm constantly shuffling papers mm-hmm. out of those to the next. So I'm not, I don't have like 65 folders with me at all times. <laughs> I try and keep Okay. It, and then I assume like all of this classes is maybe like all this one color labeled. Okay. Exactly. So yeah. again, it's like what I talk yeah. about all the time on my podcast about giving things, things mm-hmm. homes. It's like you're giving those papers homes, places to go. So you're not having to figure out where they go each and every day, excuse me, each and every day. It's, it's right right there. Yeah. Danielle, do you have any thoughts on the paper organization stuff? um, Nicole mentioned like cutting down on paper as much as you can. Um, As a high school English teacher, I use Turnitin all of the time. Um, I don't, need students to go and figure out where they can print if they don't have toner at home, because that is something that happens all of the time when something is due. And it's a quicker way for me to give feedback. It's a more effective way for me to grade. And now I don't need to tote all of these really long essays around with me. Um, Another place where we have, uh, both Nicole and I have gotten away from the physical like paper side and gone all electronic is with our um, bathroom pass sign in, sign out. Um, So Hmm. it's something that we started in our classroom. So that way students couldn't um, like fudge the time of when they were signing in and signing out. We couldn't lose the like paper of it. Instead, the Google form that they are submitting is going to the actual time of when they Mm -hmm. signed in and signed out using the QR code, things like that. Um, And I think that when you view it in that way, you're able to think a little bit outside of the box of like, where are the places where I could cut out more paper um, that I may have overlooked in the beginning. And the other thing that I try to do is I try to make sure that my students realize how much they need to take responsibility for keeping track of their stuff. Um, I mentioned that sometimes my students are not really in the habit of being students. So I try to make their organization one of my priorities to make sure they understand from the very beginning. Um, So it might be as simple as making sure that when they get the uh, syllabus, they know they need a binder for my class. Because guess what? I give a lot of handouts. And if 
it's hole punched, it has to go in your binder. And if you don't have it, you're going to have to find a friend and make a copy of it because I'm not going to keep an extra set of like 15 of these because you decided to lose it because you didn't take my advice. You didn't get a binder. You got a folder. And now I have 12 of them littering the back of my classroom at the end of the day. Just a quick interjection. Maybe just clarify what Turnitin is if people don't know. Oh, um, yeah. So Turnitin.com is a website that many English teachers use because it allows students to submit their work and it checks for um, plagiarism and academic dishonesty. So if um, it looks against a database of all other um, written work that's on the internet, which is great, but also anything that students have submitted elsewhere, like their brother took, you know, classes at the same school two years ago and had that assignment. And, oh, it says came up 85% the same. We need to have a chat. <laughs> Is that a common chat you have to have? Not, um, thankfully, not as much as I would have, like, feared that it happens. But sometimes, uh-huh. you know, it's one thing if I had that person's older brother. Um, I have had times where I'm like, this thesis statement looks really familiar. And then I click on it and I'm like, yep, yeah, I thought so. And I find <laughs> um, but if maybe one of the un- one of the other English teachers had that person, I wouldn't know that that person yeah. was turning in their older sibling's assignment or something like that. Um, and it's something that I like them to start doing at the high school level because in college, most of their papers are going to have to be submitted that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, getting them used to that. Okay, and one other area of organization I wanted to ask y'all about was IEPs and SPED paperwork and modifications. That's something else I also get asked a lot is like, how do you handle all that, especially teaching so many students? When I was in the classroom, you know, I had 20 to 40 kids, depending on how many classes I had. And and that's enough that I can pretty much remember, but I would imagine it's a lot more for y'all. So how does how does that yeah, look so for y'all? First of all, just getting really familiar with what accommodations are required. Um, that's number one. But I have a little system for myself where, um, you know, it's obviously very secure and confidential, but I have a cheat sheet. And so I'll put, you know, the students like initials, I'll put the accommodations that are required, extra notes, maybe like any, any kind of like, you know, whatever personalized something I should know about. And that's, you know, sometimes it's like, it's a table. Sometimes it's like four pages long, just based on all the notes that I have about my students. And that helps me make decisions as far as seating charts, as far as um, maybe like what assignments I'm going to be giving out. You know, when you're, I don't know how, you know, a lot of other school systems do this differently, but the one that I work in, um, it's sort of laborious to go through all the paperwork and you have to download things and, you know, there's like a secure network. It's just like, it's a lot. So for you to, you know, quickly check to see, you know, do I need to do this task or not do this? It's a lot of steps. So I try and have like a cheat sheet for mm-hmm. myself so that I know, you know, what is required of me. You know, it's a really big responsibility and you have to take it very seriously. And with that, you can't be like questioning or like, oh yeah, I'll go back and look at that later if you have to know. So, and just having that in like a safe place, like I said, very secure, but just making those decisions quickly, like every teacher has to, you make a million decisions in a, you know, a moment. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a really that's something that I changed re- changed up recently, and it's been really helpful. 
and having the things to like grab really like easily accessible. So if you know that you have a student that um, maybe it's something as simple as uh, they are um, allowed to go to the bathroom as as needed, but you only have the, the one hall pass for your class because it's one of your procedures. Maybe I know and I have prepped that extra hall pass that waits in a certain section of my desk. So that way, if that is the, the person who is asking to leave the room for that reason, I can have that handled without an issue. Mm -hmm. What about the paperwork, Danielle? Did you have anything on that other no, than and, what Nicole um, said? At a private school, it's a little bit different. The amount that they're allowed to okay. accommodate for as well. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't know that, but I guess, yeah, I mean, you're not following the state's So having the laws, stuff that right? you can have prepped and so ready to go sense. would be my, my main suggestion. Well, perfect. Thank you ladies for all of the great information, all of the ideas. I feel like people are going to be listening and needing a notepad <laughs> um, because y'all shared so many great ideas. And I, I really appreciate y'all taking the time to come on the podcast and just for all the work y'all are doing to encourage other teachers. And I can tell that y'all are very genuine about it and very passionate about it. And so I really appreciate that. And I appreciate you giving away an all access pass to one of our listeners. That's <laughs> awesome. Sorry, it's such an honor to be on your show today. Thank you so much. You're yeah, so welcome. Fast. Yes, it has been. We're going to have to collaborate again. Yeah. Hopefully you yeah. on our show. Girl, just call me up. I'll do it. <laughs> I like to talk. So <laughs> that's why like the podcasting gig has been so good for me is I don't know if my listeners have noticed, but I tend to like to talk a lot. So it, you know, allows me to talk about something I'm passionate about and it's fun. Thank you so much, Kelly. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. Y'all, that was such a fun conversation until it was over. Partly because it was over and I was sad to get off the phone with them, but also because I really thought I lost my audio for our whole conversation and I was just going to have to record with them again. And y'all heard how much great information we had in there and uh, I sat there like biting my nails, the fear and terror of podcast recording set in. But luckily you got to listen in on our conversation. So all is well. And I know that you found the conversation so helpful and encouraging as you continue to be the amazing teacher that you are and to educate and love your kids in the best way that you know how. So like Danielle mentioned, they are doing a giveaway to one listener for a free all access pass. So it's a $79 value to get this pass. And first, I just want to say that even paying $79 for it is a deal because you get over 20 PD sessions. So that in and of itself is worth $79. Then you also get all the resources in the bundle. So like they said, um, each person who presented then included a product that they have created and you get that. So even if each teacher, 20 plus teachers enter a $5 product, which I know some of them put in products that are worth more than $5, but you're already coming out ahead at that $79 value. And like I said, guys, I'm sorry. I say, like I said a lot, <laughs> but I am throwing in a classroom organization guidebook. That's a $25 value to anyone who purchased the all access pass through my affiliate link. 
So all you need to do is go enter the giveaway. You can do that by heading to the simplyorganizedteacher.com slash everything, or just go to this week's show notes. It'll be there. You'll be able to get the link to sign up and register for the um, giveaway. I think they're doing it for about a week is what we've talked about. So just make sure to check our Instagrams and all that in the show notes. Everything will be there, but you can sign up. Or if you want to purchase the All Access Pass through my affiliate link, then just click the link that says Purchase All Access Pass, and that's it. Shoot me your receipt, and uh, I will get the Classroom Organization Guidebook back to you. Uh, my email is kelly at thesimplyorganizedteacher.com. Pretty easy. So I'm going to limit it to the first 15 people who email me, so get on it quick if you want to get all that that is like, I don't know, probably over a few hundred dollars for $79. Okay, you guys, this has been such a fun episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Next week is also going to be a really fun episode. It's going to be a different episode uh, than what I normally do. I'm interviewing, well, not interviewing, I'm coaching Jordan, who is a second year teacher. She purchased the Kickstart Your School Year course and won a free one-on-one coaching session with me. So we're going to talk classroom organization next week. And if you are a teacher that only has one cabinet or limited cabinets in your classroom, make sure to tune in because we're going to address that with her classroom. All right, you guys, I will talk to you then. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Simply Teach. Remember all the show notes, links to things we talked about, and access to the Simply Organized Teacher email list is all over my website, thesimplyorganizedteacher.com. Also, you can find me on Instagram at the Simply Organized Teacher. Guys, I want to be your social media friend. I want to interact with you, so come find me. The fun music you're listening to, that's provided by hooksounds.com.